Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to The Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith, recording live on a Tuesday, going to you live on Periscope Twitter. Man, it's been a hectic morning, lots of moving parts, but nevertheless, we're going to get this thing rock and rolling. Let me bring in my co-host, Mr. Greg Biggins, 247 Sports GB. What's up? What's up, Keith? Big day, big day for you today, man. Big, big day. That's a horrible day. <laughs> This is the, this is probably the the least favorite day of out of any of us. Oh no, you love it. You love it. You love the flack. You love all the backlash. You love the drama. You love all the phone calls. Oh, Rankings day for two four seven. Honestly, like it's one of those days where you're not going to make anyone happy except for maybe two or three people. And, and those are the top two. Yep, those are the either the, that's the top player in the country, that's the the kid who's been undervalued and underrated yeah. who's gotten to the top 100 and then uh there's you know some mom who's thanking you because her son, you know, <laughs> got three stars. He finally got his three stars. So, I know how that goes, but uh never yeah. you know, hey, I I I do sympathize with you. I know how it feels. Probably not to the degree you know how it feels, but I do know how it feels. And um, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It's it's a lot yeah, to I mean, deal with. No, and we made some pretty radical moves this really? time. Really? Okay. And, and some, some guys that, honestly, people are going to say why he dropped so far, but the reality was we had some guys that, honestly, I think were too high to begin with. Yeah. So it's not so much they, they – the, the drop is kind of more of our fault for kind of maybe having the guys – and not kind of treading them down a little bit, but yeah, some big names are, are not going to be happy. Um, but I will say, I'm not taking shots. I know people think I like take shots at you know ESPN or whoever. I think they came out with their rankings, but I do feel confident in saying that I, I really trust the evaluations from our staff. There's you know got guys in every part of the region who are seeing these guys live, tape, measurables. You know, it's not it's not a one man show. Again, right. not a shot at ESPN, but it's you know. You got one guy doing it who doesn't really see everyone. I, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the criticism because at least I know that you know we got three in the south, three in the west, two in the Midwest, two national, two in the south. Literally seeing these guys and and really dissecting it. it you're not going to make everyone happy. People will always think those conspiracy theory. You hate this fan base. You love this fan base. But the reality is, those conversations where kids going to school never even come up in our in our meetings. But it was tough, Keith. I know, I know you're starting to get into doing rankings but we literally met the first time for two and a half hours and got to like number 23 yep so it took like four or five days to get to the whole 247 and and that's that's it was painstaking so Mm -hmm. enough of that man let's 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 move on yeah no question about it with the the show no doubt we we gotta get the show today we're we're kind of recapping or even um reactions from um netflix series the last chance you 
we got we're going over reactions and just um, we got some talking points we want to get to. But before we get to that, GB, we always start off the show with recruiting. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. What do you have on the recruiting hotline? Yeah, so a couple of small school players. In fact, these two teams actually, Adelanto and Orange Vista, I want to say they're D13. Um, they actually played against each other in the CF Finals, but each of them had a, had a player going Pac-12, which is awesome to see. It kind of just goes to show you don't have to play, you know, in the Trinity League or the Mission League uh, to go high D1 Pac-12. So Marshawn Buchanan, yep. uh, one of my favorite running backs out west from Adelanto, uh, he committed to Washington State kind of surprisingly. He was an Arizona lean the whole, the whole year, but Washington State kind of came on strong and was able to pull that one out. And then ironically, uh, Deion Wilson from Orange Vista, a uh, defensive end, he's going to University of Arizona. So these kids almost could have been teammates at the next level, but Deion Wilson, uh, a big, you know, 6'3", 6'4", pretty physical, 265-pound defensive end, pretty athletic kid. I, I, I like this guy a lot. Uh, positional versatility, played a ton of tight end as well, but he'll play D-line for Arizona. And then uh, Buchanan, you know, he, he's a, a legit 4-6 guy with a great frame. And, again, he really checks off all the boxes. So, nice job by Washington State landing Marshawn Buchanan after also landing Jaden King from Calabasas. So, they Washington State uh, is bringing in two running backs from uh, from the CF Southern Section area. Yeah, Buchanan, a kid who plays with an edge. Um, really like his ability to get downhill, be physical. Not as a guy who's got a ton of size, but just a mentality, a physical mentality, a physical presence um, on the football field. Is running with an attitude and finishing runs with authority. So Washington State gets their guy along with Jaden King in the backfield. And then you said the name, kid's name is Wilson, correct? From from Deion Wilson. Deion yep. Wilson. Like him, Greg, I think he's going to be more of an inside guy at the next level. He's 265 yep. Yep. at 16, yep. 17 years old. He'll be 295 in oh, three yeah. years. Uh, yep. But that athleticism definitely will translate from the outside to the inside. And we know what athleticism and athletic ability and being twitchy on the inside can do. Just go ask the Los Angeles Rams. Mr. NFL Defensive Player of the Year himself. Two-time, back-to-back. Aaron Donald. What else you got, GB? So we got a, a big announcement tomorrow by yes. none other than Court Williams from St. John Bosco. I think I can say tomorrow, right? Because we are kind of recording live. Usually we kind of used to kind of mock that we would say <laughs> recorded live, but we, we actually weren't. But this is kind of live. So Court is going to be announced on Wednesday. And uh, I have him crystal balled to Ohio State. But I know Penn State is doing a, has done a great job recruiting him as well. He also visited Tennessee. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas A&M, but I just got a Ohio State vibe from him. But I do think it's really close. So Court Williams will announce tomorrow, Wednesday, where he is going to be playing his college ball. So someone's going to be getting uh, a very good, very versatile kind of a hybrid safety linebacker, Cam Chancellor type of, type of player with Mr. Court Williams. Yeah, big Court Williams. A lot of maturity there, Greg. A lot of maturity. Um, very grounded individual on and off the field, high-level student, big-time athlete. Of course, we project him as a linebacker, or at least I do project him as a linebacker at the next level. Court, quick little nugget, former teammate, freshman year of Mr. Clark Phillips III, who's also, or excuse me, not also, but who is committed to Ohio State. Could the two be linking up in Columbus We'll see the two Southern California prospects. SC and UCLA just missing, just throwing darts in the dark and can't hit <laughs> nothing right now, Greg Biggins. 
I mean, Ohio State, let's, let's talk, with them for, talk about them for just a second. What they're doing out west, G. Scott's already committed. And also, what I was going to get to was August 2nd, uh, B. John Robinson will be making his announcement. And mm-hmm. I think he is an Ohio State lean. They already have his teammate, Lathan Ransom, from South Point Catholic. So that's what four wow. or five really, really good players. And you know who else they're, they're starting to, to, to make a move on? Uh, I talked to C.J. Stroud the other night, Keith, and he said Ohio State wants to officially trip him in in the fall. No offer yet, but they already have a quarterback commit from another West Coast kid, Jack Miller, also from Arizona. Right. Uh, but C.J. Stroud said Ohio State's coming. They want to trip him in. Uh, and his recruitment has kind of picked up a little bit. He said Auburn has reached out. Um, Washington State has always been around. He's going to visit Baylor next week, unofficially. Oregon is starting to come around a little bit as well. Uh, so uh, his, his recruitment's about to kind of take off a little bit. Watch out for Oregon and Ohio State. Those are two schools that have not offered yet, but are kind of reaching out. So, man, if Ohio State it, it just could, potentially could get five or six of the top guys out west, that would be something else, Keith. Hey, a few more unofficial visits uh, this weekend. Keely Ringo is going to visit Georgia. Justin Flo is going to visit Clemson. And then in the 2021 class, Victory Vaca, defense lineman from Westlake, he's also going to visit Clemson. And then uh, one more announcement, uh, July 29th, that's next Monday, uh, Kendall Milton will make his announcement. And uh, Georgia, LSU, Alabama, uh, those are the main schools in the mix. Uh, Ohio State, Oklahoma also got visits out of him. But uh, we all, uh, I think right now the consensus is, you know, he's Georgia's to lose. They are the crystal ball leader. So Kendall Milton, July 29th, will make his announcement. And uh, that could be some, some good news for the Georgia Bulldogs if it plays out that way. Greg, just what resonates to me in this whole recruiting report is, the brand, the the national brands of these southeastern or either midwestern football programs, um, they have now taken over. They've taken over the West Coast. I think that's fair to say. Clemson, Ohio State, schools like Georgia, they have taken over the elite recruiting out west. And it pains me to say that. It really does. It pains me to to say it and to agree with it as well, but that is true. Right now, those schools and it is a lot of it is is brand brand Absolutely. name recognition is, no is big for a lot of kids. Uh, development in their eyes, you need to leave the region and then give those schools credit. They're not just relying on a, on a name brand. Those schools are recruiting the heck out of these kids. They're not just sitting back and saying, "Hey, we're Ohio State, we're Georgia, we're Clemson, we're Michigan, we're you know Texas." They are being extremely aggressive and being very active, yeah. and they're doing a phenomenal job. So uh, hats off to them. And unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's, things are not trending up. If you're one of the Pac-12 schools right now, seeing all this elite talent leave the region, it's, it's crazy. I did get um, some feedback, Greg. We have not mentioned UCLA in our recruiting report. You know, my UCLA. F- Guys, they're gonna always reach out to me. They want they they wanted you to mention, or they say they failed. You failed to mention um, St. John Bosco running back, who was a big commitment. I don't know if we ever talked about that. The swarm we talked about Sam Beast Jones. Did we not? It was it was a few weeks ago. We we may have. Did they get a new yeah. new commitment, Greg? No, they. I, I think the most recent one was was Nathaniel Jones. Um, off the top of my head. Okay. I thought we talked about the Sambies. I thought so. I mean, he's coming off. We'll talk about him now. He's coming off, you know, an injury. 
shortened junior season. He didn't even play as a junior tore his ACL, right. which is tough if you're a big back like Nathaniel to come back from that. You know, he's a, he's a power back and, uh, you know, kind of played part-time as a sophomore as well. So I think he's got a lot to prove. He's got to come out and show that he can he can play like a Sandbees. He's got to run with, uh, with the anger and the, you know, the, the piss and vinegar of a George Halani. And if he can do that, he'll have a big year. And, and St. John Bosco is going to, Obviously, they have a great offensive line. He should have a very big senior year, but he's got to come in and angry, run hard, run physical. And, uh, you know, if he can if he can do that and he looks fully healthy, then that's a really good pickup for UCLA. Yeah, no question about it. So there you go, UCLA homers. You get your, you get your report. Thanks a lot, Greg Biggins. Let's move along. Um, before we get to our reactions to Last Chance You, the controversial show on Netflix miniseries, uh, we have to get to our Sleeper of the Week. Time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. RGB, our sleeper of the week this week comes from Mission Viejo High School. Six foot two, about 185 pounds. Really like this kid. 2021 safety. Could grow into a backer one day. Right now, he's a safety. He's long. He's athletic. Um... He's got some maturing to do. Still has got the baby face. But Mr. Eugene Hunter. Did I say his name correctly, Greg? Mr. Eugene Hunter. Um, met his dad. Dad's a good guy. Um, young Hunter. Donovan Hunter. Uh, did I, what I call him, not, Eugene? Not, not to interrupt. Yeah. I mean, we can call him Eugene if you want. If, that you might know, be his middle I, name. That might be his middle call, name. That could be his, that could be My his fault. nickname from now on, but Donovan Hunter. <laughs> you gonna call, we going to call you Eugene from now on. From now on. No, man, Donovan Hunter. My guy, that Donovan was, Hunter at Mission Viejo. Donovan is 6'2", pushing 6'3", Greg. He's long. He's athletic. He's got some ball skills. Um, he's got to put his foot on the aggressive pedal, be more aggressive to the ball, be more aggressive coming downhill, making tackles. Just be more aggressive in everything he does. The way he eats his food, the way he walks, uh, the hallways and classes, everything has to be more aggressive. But like his upside, just a 2021 kid, so he's young. He's got a lot of room to grow, and um, I think he's going to be really good. He's going to pay good dividends for Coach Chad Johnson and Diablos this year. So Mr. Donovan Hunter, a.k.a. Eugene, at Mission Viejo High School. Congratulations. You have been identified and spotlighted as this week's Transparent Truth Sleeper of the Week. Congrats, Yeah, Eugene. you know, they got another safety I like a lot, John Burns, who's a, a track guy, which I'm a huge track guy. So Burns and Hunter, that's a nice nice combo. Burns is a 6'3 kid as well. So yeah. both those two kids have some length and, and some playmaking skills. So the Diablos should be really good. I think, I think a top five team in, in Southern California next year, looks like. Yeah, 
They, uh, they've got some players for sure. Let's move along. Greg, we want to talk a little last chance you. So I binge watched. And um, it was interesting. Very interesting. I know you watched a little bit. Um, let's let's talk. Let's go with our talking points to start, Greg. What's our first talking point here? So our first talking point is JB. Coach Jason Brown. Coach Jason, Jason Brown. Brown. Yeah. His history. Yep. As a coach, going back to season one, and again, you you binge watch it. I haven't watched. I, I I've been. I did more of the YouTube thing. People know I, I have insomnia, so I'll just sit back and, on YouTube at two in the morning, just watch random stuff on YouTube. So, um, <laughs> I'm anxious and curious to hear uh-huh. your take on, on the show itself. And uh, but yeah, going back to season one, Keith, what's your take on this guy? Yeah, so season one was very familiar to me. So let's go back about 15 years ago to start, Greg. I was coaching at Compton High School, and Jason Brown. I'm going to take you back even further. Let's go back to 1998. Jason Brown was a quarterback at Compton College. That's when I first knew of him. He was pretty good. Wasn't great. Wasn't terrible. He was okay. Fast forward to 2005, 2006. He's the officer coordinator at Compton College. I'm the defensive coordinator at Compton High School. He used to come by our games a lot to watch our players. Jason Brown will recruit. There's no doubt about it. He has, um, I see a little of myself in him just in terms of his ability to relate to kids and talk their language. That's where the the comparison's in. Um, His history as a coach, has he been successful as a coach? He has when things can break his way. What I mean by that is, whether if he's in college, you know, if he can get guys who are ineligible, eligible, or fake their ineligibility, or it's always some type of shenanigan going on with Jason Brown. Grades, transfers, whatever the case may be. Then gets a high school job. I remember him coaching at Cabrillo. It was terrible for a year. Then they were good a year. Went to the playoffs, I think, you know, to the first round. But then it came out that he cheated. Recruiting. All types of drama, right? So then he takes a trip to, you know, Coach Junior College. And he started off as an office coordinator at um, one school in Kansas. Now he's a head coach at Independence College. The first year, the first season of Last Chance U, it was bothersome, Greg, but it was stomachable, if that's a word. Bothersome, but stomachable. So Jason Brown, very, he was very abrasive, um, Unethical, abrasive, and unethical. Those are two words that I would describe him from the first season, Greg. I'm sure you probably haven't seen the first season, but abrasive and unethical. Just a guy who treats his players unethically and is very, very rude and abrasive towards them. That was my takeaway from season one. Did he do a good job of recruiting? Yes. Did they win some games? Yes. Okay. Did they get did they get guys out? If if you believe what he says, then yes. I don't know the facts. But he says they've gotten out upwards of, you know, a hundred guys in three years. So you move forward to this season of Last Chance, you, Greg, and um they they made reference a ton to um his popularity now. 
women reaching out to him, people talking about him on social media, so on and so forth. I think a lot of that kind of drives some of the drama of the show. Um, But nevertheless, abrasive went out the door and it just came to degrading comments such as get your dark ass out of my seat to some black kid that he was talking to um degrading disrespectful it was tough to stomach it wasn't stomachable it was tough to stomach I'll I'll, I'll stop right there Greg anything you know about this so far no, I mean, yeah, I mean, just again, just from the, you know, the Reader's Digest version of me watching the YouTube, I would say degrading would be complimentary, right? It just seemed like it was, and, and again, like you kind of touched upon it, it's a television show, so you kind of wonder if they kind of make it, you know, do they ask them to kind of turn it up a little bit for the sake of the show? Mm-hmm. You know, I do, I know that does go, not, not speaking on this show, but I know that does go on with, with other shows. You know, I, I know when I was part of the Lead 11, you know, there was always a little bit of, hey, do you know turn it up a little bit cameras are on blah 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 so right. um but i i would say just from what i saw from the limited viewing yeah i would say degrading um not just you know players but even coaches right it was a little bit over the top for me yeah so i can confirm greg that this is who drayson brown is at his core I don't think he's turning up anything for a show. This is who he is at his core. This is the, the person I've known him to be. Um, so that that's the history. I've known the guy for a while. Um, and how much do you know a guy, you know, when you don't know a guy? But you do, <laughs> you know, I've had former players go play for him. And they always came back to me worse than when they began playing for him. Um... So it, it, he was he's always been somebody that I have been very leery of, so on and so forth. So, Greg, what, what's our next talking piece here? So kind of comparing him to Bobby Knight. Oh, I think former Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah. So head coach Bob Knight, the enigmatic, very aggressive, very demonstrative, extremely abrasive former Indiana head coach. Um who coached with an unbelievable vigor and attitude and energy who was extremely profane with his language and even aggressive with his hands towards his players at times when it was caught on tape. Let me say that when it was caught on tape. Um, Greg, what do you think about that comparison? Or do you think they compare just in terms of their behavior? Um, you know what? Um, Maybe a little bit. You know, obviously, Knight had a terrible, you know, reputation. But I'm going to say something kind of outlandish, Keith. No, go. So when I was at Cal State Fullerton, um, you know, I, I majored in kinesiology, took classes with a lot of the athletes, and, and one of the assistant basketball coaches was one of my teachers. And he told me this, and I think I've told you this before, Keith. Other people have backed this up. They said Bobby Knight actually in real life, like, is actually a pretty good guy. Right. And he said, and I had so many people said, the guy who is the horrible monster was Coach Ushevsky. Right. Right. I think I've told you that before, right? You have, like they yeah. said he's the one who's got the worst mouth, says the most vile things, says stuff that you would not believe. Whereas Knight has is actually, you know, pretty good. Um, now I, I never liked the way Knight maybe treated his players. I didn't like the way he talked to the media. 
I felt like he was a bully. Right. You know, kind of just your, your classic bully. You always kind of wanted someone to stand up to him and say, you know, just do something, right? Because you always wanted to know, you know, what happens if someone one, one day just says, you know what, I'm, I'm swinging on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that never, never happened. But I've actually never was a Knight fan, but I've actually heard from, from a lot of people, guys who played for him, mm-hmm. and they swear and support him. So uh, I don't know enough about Jason Brown, but it doesn't sound like his former players would speak as kindly as Knight's former players would speak on him, if that makes any sense. No, it does make sense. I think I think the key word that you mentioned was bully. Um, the show depicts Jason Brown as a extremely aggressive bully. Um, verbally abusive, emotionally abusive to his coaches, to his players, um, and just using bullying tactics. And, you know, it's, it's hard to defend a guy like that. It's just hard to defend a guy like that. You know, I don't want to feel like I'm piling on. I'm just stating the facts. This is abusive behavior by a bully who has been put in a position of power by an administration. Which those two, when those two things collide, you're always going to have turmoil and there's going to be problems. It's going to be a bad ending. Okay, so um, I think in terms of being a bully to his players and, and to people around him in his program, yes, I think Bob Knight is comparison. And Jason Brown talks about on the show is, you know, I'm old school. I'm never going to change. Well, I was taught you either adapt or die. And right now he's dead in the coaching business. If he ever gets another job, I'll be shocked, Greg. Shocked. I mean, Nick Saban could be the greatest college football coach of all time. And he's even said, I've changed. I've adapted to how I speak to kids and how I talk to them and how I go about doing things. He said, you have to. You have to be different than you were 10 years ago. So no question. I'm thinking if Nick Saban can make changes and, and have the self-awareness to do it, I think uh, I think it's probably a good idea for, for anybody who, who refers himself as old school. Nothing wrong with being old school right. in, in some ways, but you know, like I said, if Nick Saban can adapt, then I think uh, it's, a, it's an okay thing to adapt. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody believes it's okay. Just He's just choosing not to, um, which is not okay, which is not okay. You choose not to, and you find yourself unemployed. So um, that's where he is. Where, where, where are we going next with this, GB? So next, we are going with, would you allow your kids? You have a, you know, you have Austin Miller. Yeah. Would you want your kid or anyone that you were associated with to play for Coach Brown? Man. I, think, I, I have a feeling, I think I know your answer. I'm yeah. going to be an emphatic. 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 A, a, a very distinct no. Not only would I not want my kids to play for him, I wouldn't want my kids near him around him, to be associated with him, to be in the same building as he. Because I don't want any of that influence, poor integrity, character. I don't want my kids to, I do not want them to engage with any of that. Trying to teach them to do the right things, treat people the right way. And Jason Brown is actually opposite of that. You know, earlier, Greg, I compared... Me and Jason brought a comparison in a certain way, probably when it comes to recruiting, right? He can talk kids' language. He can relate to kids. He's from the inner city, apparently, um, or grew up in the inner city, and he can relate to kids. He can. I've seen him do this. He can. 
And it's a it's a organic thing, which is cool. The problem is he's a not a very good person. On the flip side, I like to think of myself as a very good person. I try to do things right. I try to treat people with respect. I try to choose the high road instead of um, vengeance. So, again, I think that's where the comparison stops. So, um, no. What about you, Greg? Would you? Did you have a problem? You have a son, played soccer, played soccer. If he had a coach of a, of a Jason Brown, would that be an issue for you? Yeah, that, that'd be tough. That'd be tough for me because uh, number one, I'd want him to be, I'd want him to be coach tough. You know, I played everything growing up. I told you before, my I had a, my dad was a Marine. I, I was raised on it's okay to be coach tough, but when it gets to a point where it's degrading, yeah, and it gets almost you almost like it's personal, right? And it's not constructive, and it does more damage than good, and you're, and you're tearing someone down, right? Rather than trying to build them back up, right? I would have a I would have a severe issue with that. Yeah. Now I need to be honest. I have a coaching past that actually used a form of degrading towards players. You were a bully. I wouldn't call myself a bully. I just tried to use things against players or maybe not against them, but for them to get them motivated, to get them angry, to get them to dig deeper. Um, one thing I was always taught, though, to always visit the locker room. Always, if, if, if I came down hard on a kid and said some things that were questionable to him or about him, always took the time after practice to put my arm around him and say, listen, it's not about what I say. It's the message in what I say. It's not about what I say or how I say it. It's, it's the message in what I say. It's not about how I say it. I might have yelled. I might have screamed. I might have kicked. I might have cursed. But it's about the message. And I try to get them to always understand that. And yeah, I, I regret saying things. I mean, I've said things to Dayton Jones, who was, you know, one of the guys I coached as a first round pick. I've, I've said things to him as a high school player, as a college player, as an NFL player that you probably would not say to a, a human being, you know, with with a with a heart. Well, did it come from a great place? It came from a great place. But do I did I feel he needed to hear that? To get himself go to wake him up or to get him going in the right direction, that's probably why I said it. Matter of fact, not probably. That is why I said it. So um, I, I'm not going to say that I am perfect, but um, I did choose to change. I I do coach a nine U football team. I don't speak to any of those kids that way. I don't curse at those kids. I hardly ever yell at those kids. Um, those kids are there to learn. My job is to teach them. And I can get that done without, you know, making them feel like, you know, a piece of crap, if that makes sense. It does. And like I said, man, I, I love the part. And I think you can be tough on a kid. You can be hard on a kid. I, I think I don't think you need to be yelling or screaming. But if you do, I always think, man, go back and build that kid up. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys. They're only gonna. They're not gonna really hear the message if they just think they're coming from a place of anger right. and frustration, and they're gonna hear your tone more so than the words that you're you're saying. Yes. But if you're able to go back and build that kid back up, mm-hmm. then the message gets a, gets 
heard loud and loud and clear. So yeah, I think that's a uh, that's a good thing. Okay. Um, last talking point. Are you are we done? Yep. With the the kid. Mm-hmm. So the last talking point was uh, JB. What if he was black? Greg, is there is is there a so so we we talked about Jason Brown in the past. He's had some success as a coach, but he's definitely had some. A lot, not some, probably a lot of controversy surrounding him before he even got to junior college coaching. Um, if Jason Brown was black, is the, is there a a a scent of white privilege here? Because if Jason Brown was black, would he a get that job? Would he b be able to treat players the way he treats them, and not have already been let go? Or reprimanded, or whatever the case may be, is 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 am I am I wrong, Greg? Am I, you tell me, because I I know what I've experienced as a as a black coach, and you you're held to a, a pretty high standard just in terms of you know publicly how you treat your players, or internally, because internally can become public real quick. Is there a hint of white privilege here, Greg? Is Jason Brown a, a beneficiary of his skin of his skin color? Yeah, I don't know, Keith. Honestly, I mean, I've been you know I've been in the LA city section. I've seen a lot of a lot of black head coaches who were like they were they would go in on mm-hmm. those kids. So um, again, it's kind of hard for me to say to the degree like they did with with Brown because I haven't watched enough of the show to really know Brown. So. I don't know if it's a white privilege thing or if he was a black head coach, but he had already been fired three years ago. Would he have even been given the job? Um, you know, I feel like it's hard for me to answer. Like probably easier for you to answer the question because you've, you've experienced it. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're saying, you know, shoot, man, if that was me and I was treating my players that way, I have, I think in some ways, you know, we live in a kind of a results type business. If they're winning games mm-hmm. and kids are getting out, I think people are going to overlook a lot of things. I think the fact that he has been, he's been removed correctly, right? Wasn't he like, has he yeah. like a bunch of felonies and he's, he's yeah. now he's removed. So, right. Um, could those, so that, that, at least that leads me to believe that maybe someone got the hint that this guy's not good for a program. Right. And it just seemed like the stuff that he was getting the, the felonies for wasn't like, Super, super. I, I hesitate to say it, not serious, but like was, he didn't like murder anybody. But <laughs> I almost, I almost wonder if it was part of the process of you know what we got to get this guy out of here and look, 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 look for a reason to, to, to get him out. Yeah. So he was he was forced to resign. He made a very uh, xenophobic comment um, to a to I, I don't know the kid came out for football. I think he turned into a manager, but um, called the kid a German fuck. Jake. You know, excuse my excuse my French. And oh, you're good. You're good. And he said, "Hey, you know, I'm your I'm your Hitler now." And that text message went viral. I mean, I, I don't know how you say that to a kid. I just don't. For those of you who do not know the the history between Hitler and Germany, he pretty much took over the entire country <laughs> and brainwashed the entire country, and oh. it led to World War Two. Yeah, so one of the worst human beings of all time. One of, okay. Say that. One of the worst human beings of all time. Right. One of one of your one of the worst human beings of all time. And so to say that to a player uh, with that type of background and, and 
you know, that's 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 vicious, man. That is deep. That's deep rooted evil. Deeply rooted evil. So um, he ended up pretty much getting fired. That that alone I don't got him fired. But the fact that they went two and eight helped him get fired. And then once, you know, he get all those proceedings got underway and he uh, he kind of posed as a lawyer faked his identity, tried to threaten some newspapers not to come out with some information. He was found, or not found guilty, but he was charged of eight felony accounts. And um, so right now, you, you got a, a coach who's out of control with eight felonies. And I got people on Twitter asking me, why don't you like the guy? What the guy do? He didn't do nothing that bad. And I'm looking at my phone thinking, you need help. People, people are actually defending this guy. He's not that bad. He's a great coach. I don't care how good you are in X's and O's. If the guys are going to come out your program, everybody's a piece of crap with no type of character. They're going to rob me one day. It's just, a, it's just a mess, Greg. It's just a mess, man. So don't want to carry this along, but I guess my final my final thoughts are this guy does not need to be around young people, period, point blank. He does not need to be around young people. Um, he is a menace. Um, he is a terrible leader. Um, he's abusive verbally and emotionally. He lacks character and integrity. Um he does not need to be around people, at young people at least. If grown people want to be around him, that's their choice. But young people, absolutely not. His team quit on him. His coaches basically quit on him. And the whole thing went up in smoke. I kind of knew that was going to happen when the first show started. The, the, the show first started the first season. I said, oh, this is going to go bad fast. He got through season one. But you could see the what well, you know the the seeds that were planted. It was it was uh, it was bad. It was really bad. So um, enjoyed the show. But watching Jason Brown implode was only a matter of time. And and uh, you know thanks for uh, let's, thanks for talking about it here on the Transparent Truth GB. Um, we want to wrap this baby up, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you guys for joining us here on the Transparent Truth. Shout out to Mr. Donovan Hunter, aka Eugene. Over there in Mission Viejo, our sleeper of the week. Mr. Greg Biggins, 247 Sports Rankings Day. Go give my guy a call, shoot him a text, or send him a tweet. Let him know how displeased you are. And, um, man, just feel blessed to be able to do this show every week. Check us out on Friday. We got an interview with my top-rated pocket passer in the country, Mr. T.J. Finley out of Ponchatoula, Louisiana, committed to LSU in their brand-new locker room. Greg, did you see that? Oh, my gosh. That was high-tech stuff, man. That was like Star Trek. Wow. That was like the Jetsons, man. The Jetsons. We're turning into the Jetsons. Tony Stark from the Avengers. Oh, my. Designed something like that. Wow. What an unbelievable situation that they got going on. So we'll have TJ Finley on for Friday's show. And, um... As always, you guys out there, keep grinding, man. It's your boy, Coach Keith, your man, GB. It's the Transparent Truth. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.